Welcome to Warsaw Evangelical Presbyterian Church's podcast. We'd love to worship with you today. Good morning, Presby family. I certainly hope and pray that you had a wonderful Christmas and a blessed New Year and are gearing up for God's blessings in 2022. I certainly would love to be with you this morning in person to be able to see your smiling faces. But now here's the good news for you is that if you were going to fall asleep while I preached this morning, I would have no way of actually knowing. Uh, The reason, as some of you may or may not know, that I'm unable to be with you in person this morning is because when we returned home from our vacation to Florida last week on Sunday afternoon, it was required that Adriana get a COVID test in order to get back on her college campus. So we got one of those quick take-home tests and had her take that. Well, wouldn't you know, the results came back positive. So all of us got into the car and drove down to the fairgrounds in order to get testing, just to kind of both double check that test as well as to see how the rest of us were doing. When we arrived there and waited our turn, when it was finally our turn, they said, hey, have you ever been tested before? We said, oh yeah, it's no problem. They said, well, we don't have any of the rapid tests anymore. This one's going to be a little bit different. We were still like, oh yeah, no, that won't be a problem. Well, I got to tell you, we have never laughed and cried so much at the same time, I think, in our entire lives. They stuck that swab so far up our noses that I'm sure I lost whatever remaining brain cells I have left. All of us were just tearing up and laughing as they took those tests. Well, The results finally came back yesterday, and sure enough, Adriana is positive, while the rest of us are negative. And because that's the case, we figured it would probably be best if I shared with you from home this morning. But hey, here's the good news, is you get to enjoy somewhat of a little fireside chat. And the other good news is everyone in our family is feeling healthy, so we're thankful to God for that. Now, before I leave this behind, I do think it's probably ironic that we're talking about this during a series that says uh, we're looking back as well as looking ahead. See, looking back, we could probably say that it was a mistake for us to go to Florida This is the second time that we've gone there and have gotten COVID. So in hindsight, we could probably say that this was a mistake. We could say moving forward, we're never going back there again. Of course, while we say hindsight is 2020, is that really always the case? See, if we believe that God is sovereign, and if we believe that God is in control, while looking at the past may give us a better perspective on the future, ultimately, if we believe that God is working everything for our good and his glory, even though we don't understand it, 
we could even say that in this moment, God is going to work it for our good and that we're going to look ahead with great confidence. And I think that that's important for us, especially as we turn our attention to this next part of our sermon series called Looking Ahead. And our text for this morning comes from Philippians chapter 3. So if you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to go ahead and take that out. We're going to be spending some time looking at Paul and what he said to the Philippian Christians talking about looking behind, but also really looking ahead. And as we study this together, I think it's important for us to note that early on in the chapter, Paul looks at his past life and he said, at one time, I viewed it with pride. He said, look, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was born to the tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised on the eighth day. If anyone has a reason to brag about my past, it would certainly be me. He also talked about his religious zealousness and how he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. Now, perhaps that's not so different from any of us. Sometimes we have a tendency to look at our past and to hold that up with pride. We talk about our church involvement. We talk about the way in which we give. We talk about when we were baptized and how we came to faith. And maybe we talk about the different boards that we've served on and the Sunday school classes that we've taught. And we can think about all of these things as markers of pride in our lives. But what Paul found is that in spite of all things, he says, that past actually serves me no good in terms of what God has in store for me in my future. Notice what he says. He says this. We're going to pick up at the seventh verse today. He says, but whatever were gains to me, he's talking about his past, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And may God bless the reading of his word to our hearts and lives this morning. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you have given it to us. 
Lord, that through it and as we study it, we may learn more and more about what it means for us to pursue you in everything. God, we pray that in these moments, as we study Philippians 3 together, that you would remind us of who we are and that you would remind us ultimately of who you are. And how, Lord, that would compel us to say, I want to be more like Jesus. And so we pray all of these things in that most wonderful name. Amen. I want to begin this morning by sharing with you a brief story. The story is told of a soldier and his commanding officer who got on a train together. The train was so full that there was only room for them across from this young, attractive woman and her grandmother. As they began making their way along, they engaged in some incredible and cute conversation. It was obvious that there was a connection between this young soldier and this young woman. The two began making eyes with one another. In an instant, the train went into a tunnel and the entire car went pitch black. In that moment, two sounds could be heard. The smack of a kiss and the whack of a slap. The grandmother thought to herself, I can't believe that he kissed my granddaughter, but I'm glad that she gave him the slap that he deserved. The commanding officer thought, well, I don't blame the boy for kissing that attractive girl, but I'm certainly disappointed that she missed him and slapped me instead. The young girl thought, I'm glad he kissed me, but I'm saddened that my grandmother slapped him. As they came out of the tunnel and into the light, this young soldier had this smile on his face that he just couldn't wipe off. In that moment, he had gotten to do two things. He had gotten to kiss this attractive girl and slap his commanding officer. And he had gotten away with both. Now, the point of the story is that this young man learned to seize the moment. He learned to take advantage of every opportunity. He knew how to live life with no regrets. He knew how to live with purpose. And he knew how to live each and every day as if it might be his last. And beloved people, this is exactly the same way in which Paul lived his life. He wanted to live a life of no regrets. He wanted to live a life of purpose and on purpose. He wanted to live each and every day as if it might be his last. And I believe that as we look at Paul's life, how we should live the same Unfortunately, I think so many of us get so caught up in the details of our past or even in our present that we just don't take the time in order to seize the moment. We have deadlines and commitments. We have problems and priorities. We have distractions and obstacles. And even though you and I may want more fulfillment each and every day, it just doesn't seem to be within our grasp. 
You know, one of the things that I always say is that I believe that all of us want to leave a mark in the world, whether it's with our families, whether it's in our jobs, or whether it's in our community. We want to live lives of purpose and, and fulfillment. Advertisers even kind of key in on this. They remind us of this with these witty slogans. They try to remind us that their company is socially conscious and how if we buy their products, it's going to make the world a better place. They're trying to tap into something on a gut level. Even Paul seems to be saying that he wants to leave his mark in the world. Notice what he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize. See, Paul lived his life on purpose. Paul was living his life to seize every moment. He wanted to say, Lord Jesus, every moment until my last dying breath, I want to live for you. And beloved people, I believe that as you and I learn from his example, we too are going to learn to make the most of every opportunity, to seize the moment, to live life to the fullest, and to live each and every day as if it were our last. Instead of looking at our past with regret, we can actually look to the future with hope. So how do we do that? I'm going to give you three thoughts this morning for you to take with you. The first is this. Looking ahead is about finding your purpose. It's about finding your purpose. You know, if I were to ask you this morning, what is your purpose in life? How would you respond? Some of us might say, well, I want to be a better husband or a better wife. I want to be a better father or a better mother. I want to be a better employer or a better employee. You say, I may want to find success and be better when it comes to being a teacher or to being a mechanic or to being an engineer or whatever it is that you do. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand me. None of these things are bad things in and of themselves. But the reality is that those things are secondary purposes. They're not our primary purpose. The question that we have to answer is, what is your primary purpose in life? Because if you know what your primary purpose is, that is what is going to lead you into the future. See, everything that God has created has a primary purpose. It has a reason for existence. And if anything is going to be successful in life, it needs to know and live into that purpose. Here's just a little example of what I'm talking about. You know, if I were to ask you, what is the primary purpose of this ink pen? You might say, well, it's to write. Now, certainly it has our church logo on the side, and so it has a secondary purpose in maybe functioning as a marketing tool in some way. But let's say that this pen has run out of ink. What's the purpose of this pen? 
right? Maybe you could still say, well, you could use it as a marketing tool, but let's be honest. When you get your check in the mail and you've got to sign it and you desperately need that money in your bank account, you're not going to reach for a pen that doesn't work anymore. You're going to reach for that 29 cent Bic pen that's actually going to fulfill its purpose. And in a similar way, I really believe that that's the case for you and for me. It's for us to remember that our primary purpose in life is to be like Jesus Christ. That is the reason why he has created us, why he's crafted us, why he's saved us and redeemed us. See, Paul thought that he had found his purpose in the things of the world. But once he found that his purpose was in Christ, this is what he said. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. See, even Paul seemed to realize what Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 8, 36. Jesus said, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? What Paul found is that knowing Christ was his primary purpose. In fact, in verses 10 to 11, he says this. He says, I want to know Christ. In a sense, he's saying, I want to be like him. Simply put, Paul's reason for living was to be like Jesus. Beloved people, I believe that that should be the same for us as well, that we should seek to live for Jesus every single day. See, if you want to live into God's preferred future for you, it's all about determining whose future you want to live into. Do you want to live into your future, your desires, your purpose, or do you want to live into what God's purposes are for you? And what I believe is that it's about finding our purpose in Jesus Christ. Now, a second thing is that looking ahead is actually about forgetting the past. It's about forgetting the past. Now, Pastor Andrew did such an incredible and eloquent job last week uh, reminding us about our past liberation and how we have been saved and, and of the incredible love of God. But the text takes us there this morning, and so I want to spend a few moments looking at what Paul says. Notice what he says in verses 13 and beyond. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. You know, all of us have probably heard the phrase, those who forget the past are bound to repeat it. And while there's some truth to that phrase about learning from the mistakes of the past, my sense is that many of us 
cling to those past mistakes and we allow those things to become a defining factor in our lives. But here's what I know. In the end, we can either regret the past, we can forget the past, or we can allow God to redeem our past. You know, I think one of the reasons why so many of us struggle with experiencing joy and looking ahead is because we allow the mistakes of the past to have a tremendous power in shaping our present and in dictating our future. But beloved people, the past does not need to control our lives. Yes, it may be important for us not to dwell on the mistakes of the past so that it shapes our future in a better way, but so often what happens is we become captive and we become shackled to the wounds and the regrets of the past. And when that happens, we allow guilt and grudges and remorse to lead us to things like depression and resentment and anger. And when you and I live as captives to the past, we allow it to overwhelm our present and we end up missing out on God's better future plans, his direction, and his purpose. Even Paul seemed to understand this. In Philippians 3, he tells us that we don't have to be shackled to the past, but we can use the past to educate us for the future. As we've already said, Paul certainly has a past that he could regret. He looks at his past and knows the damage that he did to families, how he oversaw the murder of other Christians, he could have seen the damage that he was doing to the cause of Christ. But now he was faced with a choice. He could either dwell on the mistakes of the past and let them ruin his life and his chance for an effective ministry, or he could try to forget them, allow God to redeem them, and move forward with his life. And beloved people, just as Paul had a choice to make, I believe that you and I have a choice to make as well. It's certainly possible that you have experienced some bad times recently. Sometimes Christmas and New Year's can bring out the best and the worst in us. Maybe you have some memories of the past that keep holding on to you and haunting you because you want to simply get past them. But what we have to realize is that you and I can't make the past better. But we can allow the past to be the catalyst that makes us seek better things. You understand that? Listen how important this is. We can't make the past better, but we can allow the past to be the catalyst that makes us seek better things. See, when Paul allowed his weaknesses and his failures to be exposed by Christ, he found healing and hope. And even though he, like us, can maybe try to spend a lot of time trying to forget the past, let's be honest, we can't ever really forget the past. 
Instead, what we have to do is allow God to redeem our past mistakes. And I promise you that if you do that, it will set you free to look ahead towards what God has planned for you in the future. Let me share with you this little illustration. Since we're in the throes of the bowl season right now, let me share with you this, that on New Year's Day in 1929, California was playing Georgia Tech. Late in the second quarter, Roy Regals recovered a fumble for California and in his excitement became unaware of which direction he was running. And he ended up running towards his own end zone. One of his fellow teammates ran 65 yards down the field to tackle him at the two-yard line. California ended up needing to punt but the punt was blocked by Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech ended up scoring a safety. In the locker room at halftime, Roy Regal sat in the corner with his face buried in his hands crying. The room was silent. The coach didn't make his usual halftime speech, but shortly before the team was to take the field for the second half, the coach said, the starting team is going back on the field to begin the second half. The rest of the team got up and left the locker room except Regals, who remained in the corner with his head in his hands. He said, I can't do it, coach. I can't go back out on the field. I've ruined the team. But the coach said to him, get up, Regals. The game is only half over. You belong on the field. And beloved people, it doesn't matter how old you are, or how young you are. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you feel as though you have made in the past. What God says to you is that the game is only half over. It doesn't even matter if the enemy has scored points off of your past mistakes. What God has said to you is, I have redeemed your past and am setting you free so that you can live for me in the future. Listen to what God says in Isaiah chapter 43, 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Now, before we move on from this, I want to look at the other side of forgetting your past because I think it's also important for us not to let the good things of the past also hold us captive and so that we keep living for those things. I mean, if you remember that old Bruce Springsteen song, like Glory Days, about this guy who's just remembering his high school days and how good they were, one of the lines from the song says, time slips away and leaves you with nothing but boring stories of glory days. You know, if all you're doing is focusing on this good time, if you're trying to relive a past time, then that's not helpful either. You know, maybe it was a time in high school, or maybe it was a time in college, or maybe it's a time when you first got married or when you first started having children, or maybe it was even the glory days of our church when, oh, wasn't it so great when so-and-so was here and when the church was doing this ministry? 
The problem is, is that when we simply live in the glory days of the past, that too can keep us from moving ahead into the future that God wants for us. Notice what Paul talks about in verses 4 to 7. He says, look, just because I had this as a good past or as a bad past doesn't guarantee that I'm going to have a meaningful future. What he said is that his reason for living was to be like Jesus. And whatever happened yesterday, good or bad, is actually ancient history. What he's saying is that we need to live for Jesus today. Other people know this. God never consults your past to determine your future. Right? God doesn't consult your past to determine your future. A phrase that I've come to appreciate, I know that I've used it before, is this, that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. All you have to do is look at the book of Hebrews in the Hall of Fame of Faith, and what you'll see is person after person that we lift up as a great saint in the faith has had a past, and yet God has used them. And what that means is that no matter what your past is, good or bad, God can actually use it for good in your future. And that really leads me to the third and last point, that looking ahead is about facing the present. It's about facing the present. Now, I know that that seems odd to say that looking ahead is actually about facing the present, but listen to what what Paul says in verses 13 to 14. He says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I Press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes you and I can be so worried about the future that we end up letting it consume us. We try to plan out everything that may or may not happen to us. We become obsessed about providing for our families, saving up for our retirement, getting that promotion at work, and making the next payment. We worry about things that we cannot see, like whether or not we may or may not get sick, whether or not someone may or may not hurt us, whether or not some dream or desire may or may not work out. And the problem with that is because we get so stuck on worrying about what's next that we miss out on what God wants to do in us and through us right now. Looking ahead isn't about dreaming about the future. It's actually about living for Christ moment by moment and trusting God for the future. See, when you and I choose, yes, to live with an eternal perspective, it's actually living with that internal perspective that gives us the best view of how to live today. It's when we live with an eye towards heaven that it helps us to have purpose today. I want you to think about if you were running a marathon 
or a 5K. You know, you can picture the finish line, right? You can picture the goal. You can picture the prize. But the only way that you're going to get there is if you put one foot in front of the next. If you keep pressing on toward the goal. That's what you and I need to do. You face the present and you trust God for what is ahead, believing that God is going to be the one who makes your paths straight. You know, one of the things that I think is so ironic is that we have no problems trusting God for the past. We believe in his promises that he sent his son into the world, what we just celebrated at Christmas, that Jesus gave his life to forgive our sins, that he rose again so that we can have eternal life. We don't have any problem believing that. And we don't have any problem believing in the future promises that God is going to make everything right and that one day Jesus Christ is going to come in his glory and everything is going to be made new. What we struggle with is trusting God for today, believing that God is in control, and believing and trusting that his word tells us that he is with us and that he's making our paths straight. See, where you and I struggle seeing is that God is our hope and our help here and now. And when we don't do that, we either try to idolize the glories of the past or we end up regretting our past and we end up worrying about our future. And what it does is it cheats us out of being able to live for Christ today. See, looking ahead sees beyond the problems of the past and sees beyond the certain hope of the future to live with purpose here And now, and what is that purpose? It's to be like Jesus. That's the purpose that Paul was pursuing. And I believe that's the purpose that you and I need to pursue as well. Ultimately, you and I are to pursue the ultimate prize who is Jesus Christ. And what we discover is that He's the one who has always been pursuing us. And so I pray God's richest blessings over you in 2022. And I pray that we're going to trust that God is going to redeem our past. I pray that we're going to trust that he has an incredible future in store for us. And I pray then that because we know that, that you and I are going to make the most of every opportunity, that we are going to seize the day, that we are going to live every day as though it might be our last. And in doing so, say, I want to live for Jesus Christ. Beloved people, may that be so for each and every one of us in this new year. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that you are a God who forgives and redeems our past. 
that, Lord, we don't have to hold on to that brokenness and that sin anymore. You say, I have forgotten it. And, Lord, we can't always forget it. We know that you do. And then, Lord, for us to be able to strive towards what is ahead, God, would you give us the strength and the grace to be able to pursue you, to be able to say, Jesus Christ, I want to live for you because you not only lived for me, but you gave your life for me. God, I pray that as a people, we would say, I want to seize every moment and I want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. God, would you give us the strength to be able to do so, the grace to be able to do so. Lord, to forget what is behind and to strain towards what is ahead. Lord, we entrust all of these things to you as we entrust our lives to you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.